My name is Sash and welcome to the fifth episode of The Thing With Tech, where I'll talk about the thing with folding smartphones. First off, I'm really sorry that this episode got delayed. I couldn't record it properly, I think there were some problems with my mic, but now they're fixed. Anyway, let's get straight into it. Folding phones are a relatively new category of smartphones. In fact, there are only two foldable phones available in the market which you can buy right now. And even then, you can only buy them in specific regions. They are so new that most people don't even have an opinion about them. So, I will give you an early idea of what you should think about them. A quick disclaimer though, as this entire episode is based off only two phones in the market, the opinions and the statements made in this podcast can get outdated when folding phones become more popular. Now back to the episode. The first folding phone introduced to the market was the Royale Flex Pi. It was shown earlier this year at CES 2019 and was made available to the Chinese market at around the same time. Just a month after CES, Samsung also showed off their own version of a folding phone and called it the Galaxy Fold. The Galaxy Fold was supposed to come out in mid-April of this year. But as it turned out, it had some problems with its screen and it was delayed, ultimately going on sale a couple of weeks ago. Now even though the difference between the release times of both of these phones wasn't too much, the reaction of people who got their hands on them was a lot different. The FlexPy sort of disappointed everyone. It had a lot of bugs in its software, which made it seem like Android isn't ready for foldable displays. A lot of people also didn't like the design as it was fairly easy to scratch the display and the hinge in between was really big. Overall, regardless of the FlexPy being the first smartphone with a foldable display, a lot of people think that the experience was just not matching the very high price tag. The Galaxy Fold on the other hand had a fairly good response. Although at first it faced some screen issues which led to the recall, most of the people had a good experience with its software. Its design was also kind of an ideal design for a folding phone because the foldable display is inside and out of direct contact with any other surface. That's not to say that the Galaxy Fold is durable. Even though its hinge is smaller than the FlexPies, it's still big enough to let debris in and scratch or even damage the display. A recent video posted by another one of my favorite YouTubers, Jerry Everything, showed how a small amount of force can easily damage the display of the Galaxy Fold. But either way, because of good software experience and fair design, most of the people think that Galaxy Fold is a decent smartphone and although it's still not worth it, Samsung at least delivers something when they charge almost two grand. Now these are really early designs of what may be the future of smartphones. So honestly, we can't expect too much out of them anyway. They're definitely not targeted at common consumers and to be honest, they're not targeted at anyone. They were made by these companies just to get media attention and mostly to show their competitors that they can innovate. But here's the thing, can folding phones really be the future? I just said that they may be the future of smartphones and I'm sure most of you agree with me on that statement. But let's take a step back and look at what it'll take for them to actually become a main product in the tech market. And to do that, we have to see what kind of challenges and obstacles folding phones have to overcome. The biggest one, of course, is the price. Both the Galaxy Fold and the Royale FlexPy cost about $2000, which is of course a very hefty price tag. The best normal smartphones right now would cost you $1200 at most, so an $800 price difference is a lot. The Galaxy Fold does try to make it up for the price by having the Galaxy Buds bundled free with it, which are about $120, but again, better accessories don't necessarily justify a higher price for the product, especially if the accessory isn't essential to the use of the product. The main reason why both these phones cost so much is because their manufacturing in itself is pretty costly. 
The technology and components which go into making foldable phones are pretty costly. And even though products tend to get cheaper the more they are made, we have to understand that the cost price, which is the price of a product excluding the advertisement or labor cost of folding phones, is in itself really really high. And there's no workaround for that. When new concepts such as bezel-less displays or in-screen fingerprint scanners were introduced in the past, they were never this costly. Because even though the cost price was a bit higher, it wasn't high enough to double the price, but folding phones are actually really expensive to make. Even if the price drops significantly, do you really think that folding phones would cost less than $1500? Especially because the prices of just normal smartphones has been steadily rising for the past 3-4 to four years, and it should take at least 2 more years for folding phones to become mainstream, if they even will that is. So the price is one of the biggest concerns of folding phones. Next. The display and the durability of folding phones. I have been telling you that the screen of foldable phones is very easy to scratch. This is because foldable screens are made up of thin plastic instead of glass, which is used in most smartphones. Plastic has a tendency to bend, while glass will break instantly if we try to bend it. This also means that plastic is far softer than glass, which in turns mean that plastic can be scratched really really easily. You see, a surface gets scratched if a harder surface rubs against it. As glass is a very hard surface, most things including metal cannot scratch glass, although debris like sand can. On the other hand, almost anything can scratch a plastic surface, especially a thin one. Even your fingernail can leave permanent scratches on the screens of both the FlexPy and the Galaxy Fold. This is obviously a very big problem. We all know that such a display would get really scratched really easily, and a display with a lot of scratches can't be used by most people. Moreover, because of the softness of the plastic, it can transmit more force to the inner layers of the screen, which makes the screen extremely vulnerable. We saw this happening with the Galaxy Fold when a little force broke the display entirely. The good thing though is that this may have a solution. As more and more companies invest in folding displays, I'm sure someone would find a material which is fairly resistant to scratches and can be used instead of thin plastic and folding phones. Or someone would figure out how to properly attach glass and plastic together so that the flat parts of a folding screen could be glass, while the folding parts could be plastic. The downside though is that this will probably just increase the cost of already expensive folding phones. The last major problem with folding phones is that um, are they really even necessary? I mean ask yourself, do you really need a phone which could turn into a tablet with an awkward aspect ratio? Maybe it could work out to make tablets more compact, but with screen sizes growing with every generation, is a compact phone or tablet even needed? Not to forget that even though the height and width of a folding phone may be lesser than a traditional phone, the thickness is just doubled, if not more. So folding phones are not actually smaller, they're just of a different shape. I personally don't even see the actual use of either the FlexPy or the Galaxy Fold. The FlexPy is too big to be a phone and the hinge doesn't even make it a compact tablet, while the Galaxy is too big to be a phone and too small to be a tablet. Even when it's unfolded, the screen of the Galaxy is really tiny for it to be considered a phone. It's just weird. Maybe if Motorola ever released their Razer folding smartphone and it's anything like the leaks and renders, it could be a bit useful as it compactifies a normal smartphone. But will it be worth the extra money or the scratchable display? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. To be honest, I do not think that foldable phones are the future. At most, they may become like curved screens, which means that they can be used and are being used in certain products, but aren't necessarily mainstream, and most of the people still use normal glass lap screens, both because of better performance and lower prices. Maybe I think so because I haven't really used any folding smartphone and I don't know their actual potential. But even if I did, they will be no more than being able to use an even bigger screen than the 6.4 inch which I already used on my phone. 
In my opinion, the common man would never spend so much money just to have a perk of using a bigger display while constantly worrying about damaging that same display. Although if the price of folding phones drop down to match current gen smartphones, then they may have a slight chance at succeeding. I still wouldn't bet on it though and the price drop is highly improbable anyway. With that, I'll end this episode. Catch you next Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day.